Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Uh, who's up? Who's down? We have uh, well, uh, Scott. I'll let you go over a couple couple of the downs and Bridget too, because Shattenkirk's in there as one of your uh, opening shift mentions as well. Yes, I guess we can start with the downs. Um, not many, because again, Bruins are in a stretch here where they've only lost one game recently. Uh, but it has been a quiet stretch for Matt Patra. Uh, who, and now he's gone five games without a point. And I don't think he's playing poorly, but he's been down on the fourth line. Minutes have been down around eight, nine, ten minutes. Um, and Montgomery basically said, like, you know, he's going to have to he, – he's playing fine, but he's going to have to earn more ice time. And listen, it's, it's, it's not – I don't even think it is a problem. I know some people – on Twitter, they get mad every time Matt Potter ends up under 10 minutes and, you know, you get the whole, how is he supposed to develop if he's on the fourth line he's only playing eight minutes? And it's like, guess what? He's on a Stanley Cup contender. You, you, I'm sorry. He's not just going to be handed 14 minutes when the guys above him are playing well. Like, look at the Bruins' top three lines right now. Who, you know, who, like, who are you moving off? Who's who's getting their minutes slashed? Um, the team's playing well. and if Patra has to contribute in, in a smaller role, then, then so be it. And, and I think he is again, like, I, I don't think he's playing poorly. I just think it would, at some point you want to see him start to get back on the score sheet. So um, whether that requires, you know, a bump up to maybe a more talented line, like say with, with Frederick and geeky at some point, or if he just has to fight through and, and find a way to produce on a, on a, fourth line role in fourth line minutes. Um, you know, look, other guys have put up some points on that fourth line. Danton Hine was on the list on the fourth line when he got a hat trick. So um, yeah, a, a down only because the points haven't been there really. Yeah. And down and down in the lineup a little bit as well from where he started the season um, to the fourth line now, but and down a minutes a little bit. So, um, so yeah, I would, I would, agree with you on that. And then Shattenkirk, who we mentioned earlier, um, you know, the problem with this is like, I do really wish I had a little bit more information about the extent of an injury, if there even is one, because then that, that takes like, takes away the healthy scratch, like a hundred percent, like, cause healthy scratch is a pretty good indication that, um, you're having a little bit of a downstretch that at least in, in coach's eyes, um, but if it's not 100% healthy, you know, then you're getting someone else in there. 
But I will say, Weatherspoon has been playing well enough to keep his spot in the lineup, which means somebody else is getting pushed out now that Forbert's back. And, and obviously, more than likely, something we've said since the early parts of the season, the sixth and seventh defensemen on this team probably will cycle in and out. So there's gonna both of them are going to be scratches at different points depending on matchups and and do you need a big guy or do you need someone who can move the puck better um so it's just kind of we're, we're kind of just starting to see exactly where everybody lies in the depth chart and then I wouldn't be surprised also if Forbert gets more rest time because um he had a really slow recovery so I assume that like to try to preserve his health there would be some rest built in for him but yeah, Shattenkirk um, has to go on the down this this particular uh, week because of the scratches. For ups, we do have Frederick Coyle Marsh, and I think outside of David Pasternak, I, I do think that those have been um, your your three best forwards this year. I think I mean obviously James Van Riemsdyk is up there in points as well, and there's an argument to be made for him. But if you're just talking about Frederick's overall development and importance and that where he is in the lineup to to create that depth and scoring, um, obviously Charlie Coyle has stepped up in a major way this year. We talked about Martian a lot. So there's those three individuals. And then we also have Danton Heinen and, and Jacob Loco, who I think had his first multi-point um, or multi-game point streak of his career. His first goal of the season has come in the last few weeks as well. So, Wherever you guys want to pick up those pieces with those those ups. Yeah, well, with Lauko, you mentioned it earlier, but he ends up out of the lineup Thursday night, which I'm assuming there's some sort of minor injury there. I'm assuming he's one of the guys Montgomery was talking about, needed to see in warm-ups. Um, because, yeah, he'd been playing really well. Two goals in his previous three games, three-game point streak. Um, grapes everywhere. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, you love the grapes, man. Scott, so this comes because Scott asked him a question about the grapes uh, in one of the, uh, was it the last media availability that we get to talk to him? Scott just went right for the hard-hitting questions about the grapes. So, uh, Yeah, it was, um, that was Wednesday or Tuesday practice or Wednesday pregame. I don't know. I forget. It all blends together, but. Yes, it does. I have no idea what day it is, guys. Um, but Scott, please explain to people who maybe don't understand the grape thing quickly since you mentioned the grapes Lauka loves grapes <laughs> he so the way he told it was like he, he always would eat fruit before games anyways um that's I mean, not true donuts there was donuts at one point he said in Czechia like the team would always have like a fruit spread and then he got to to Providence and they didn't really have that so he started bringing his own fruit and he said he tried a couple other fruits but that they were too messy he'd end up with sticky hands so he ended up settling on grapes because they were easy to eat they were clean uh and he and he, he likes them so wait a minute wait, wait, wait a minute hold on a second here hold on a second here scott you, sticky hands i mean i, I bridges on to something i mean mark diver told us that that loco he he preferred donuts in providence maybe that's where the sticky hands came from what, what fruit's giving you sticky hands <laughs> Yeah, know. it's more like a uh, glazed maple glazed donuts, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I hear those make your hands pretty sticky, but no, yeah, well, everybody I... knows everybody knows a donut with strawberry frosting is a 
fruit is a fruit yeah that's a fruit <laughs> it counts um no well when i first saw him so if you watch like them the video on nested of like the guys walking in or you see them post on the bruins instagram like pictures of the guys walking in look at, at what he's holding he's almost always got the like a, a big full bag of grapes in his hand as he's walking in I hope one time he just starts eating them as as they're filming him or something. But uh, my immediate thought was grapes are also full of sugar. So if you like, you know, a nice sugary donut, like grapes, you're, you look better. You're like, look at it, I'm eating fruit, but it's also just full of sugar. Like when I was on keto, that would be a, a no-go yeah. uh, in terms of something that I definitely couldn't eat. So Yeah, well, hey, a little sugar before the games. N- nothing wrong with that. Helps get you up. Um <laughs> But L- yeah, lunch, I guess, I guess. What, what are you eating? I mean, I'm eating fruit, buddy. It's a caramel apple. <laughs> Come on, it's a candy apple you're eating there. Ch- uh, chocolate covered strawberries. Yeah. <laughs> hey, no, those are good for you, Scott. What are you saying? Okay, those are those are perfectly healthy. Um, but we totally t- took away from the point, which is that he's been playing better, so he can have as many grapes as he wants, and maybe we can even say. You know, the grapes are part of the reason why he's doing better. But, Scott, did you have anything else to say about how Lauko isn't up this week? No. Um, I'll throw Charlie Coyle out as, as another up. I, you know, I think Brian mentioned him. But we haven't talked a ton about Coyle, but two more points for him Thursday night. And he played 21-30. Uh, I mean, that's a few games now recently he's been up over 20 minutes. Like, Again, just to kind of further the point that this is a guy who's playing like a legit number one center. He's putting up the points. He's playing the minutes. He's doing the job in all three, you know, five on five, power play, penalty kill. Um, and just, you know, continues to just play at a, at a really high level. I mean, Pavel Zaka has 28 points and Coyle has 41. And going into the year, it was kind of, all right, which one of those guys will pull away as the number one center point production? And I think everybody thought Zaka had the higher ceiling offensively. Um, and then, you know, kudos to Coyle because then, you know, a, a bright-eyed, bushy-tailed 19-year-old came around and everybody started saying maybe maybe Charlie Coyle goes back to third-line center where he, you know, if Charlie Coyle is your third-line center, your team's really deep. I was one of them. And since then, you know, there he is undisputedly um, – you know, their best center this year, obviously by far. And he's, he's a true number one center for this team in this moment and good for him um, for all of that. He deserves every accolade that and, and um, compliment that he gets this year. Um, I know there might be a little bit more to discuss with the Bruins, but we have to go shortly. And I did want to give chan- uh, Scott a chance to, to talk about, a very exciting week of hockey for his alma mater and uh, w- what's going to kick off an exciting couple of weeks in college hockey. Yeah. Historic series for BU and BC this weekend. First time ever that they've met as the number one and number two teams in the country, BU number one going in BC number two. Very surprising by the way. I, I I'm surprised to hear that based on their, their history. Yeah. And I think, so I don't know exactly how long like the, whole era counts I, I don't think it goes all the ways back to like the 70s because bu and bc did play in a national championship game in 1978 so i'm assuming if there were polls they would have been one and two going into that game you'd think so um but anyways yeah regardless 
historic. The last time they faced as even top five teams was 10 years ago, 2014. Um, last time they were both in the top three was 2012. So it's it's a great – it's only like the 26th time ever that there's been a 1-2 matchup, only the second time with Hockey East teams. And both games are, are sold out Friday night at, at BC at County Forum, Saturday at BU at Aganis. And Brian mentioned it being a couple of weeks. That's because they also play in the first round of the Beanpot on February 5th and just, you know, what, not even two weeks, a week and a half or whatever. Um, so, yeah, an, an incredible stretch of hockey for uh, for that rivalry. And tickets on the secondary market, the cheapest ones I was looking yesterday, are going for like $170, $180. I just – I've never, I've never seen that this kind of demand for a regular season college hockey game. Around this is here. why I'm. Sometimes this is why I'm. I'm happy I don't have to pay for tickets. So I just get. I just. Uh, you know, it's because I'm working, so I can't just like sit down by the glass and have a beer like how I. I would love to watch a game like that at some point because that's been a long time since I did that. But, uh, yeah, it's gonna be a good one. Uh, do, I want to bring this up because this is something that's been bothering me that I saw. And this is uh, this isn't something BU did, so don't worry about it, Scott. But Ryan Leonard for BC just like screaming at Merrimack's goalie. What what was that? Like, what even is that? He's gonna get killed in the NHL if he does something like that. Well, he's gonna fight back in the NHL. He he is a pest, and he is like, if if you're a BU fan, by the end of this weekend, you're absolutely gonna hate Ryan Leonard. Um, mm-hmm. I. I don't think I will because I kind of love the edge that he has. Like he showed it in World Juniors too. Um, He's gonna I, eat I, like a goalie stick or something at some point in his career if he st- yells at the goalie though. Like come on, like I understand yeah. being a pest, but like you're you're a young like he just looks like a brat when he does that. I don't know. To me, like you're young, you're like in a situation where you're you should be like paying your dues a little bit. I don't know. I mean, I I agree, but I also think he's he might just be like a borderline psycho. Like if a goalie gives him a stick to the teeth, he's the kind of, he seems like the kind of kid who would like be laughing through broken teeth and blood. Are you trying like, to say he's like a Kachuk or something? Yes. He's like a Mac. That, 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 that's exactly the kind of player he's going to be. And he's, uh, he's a capital, he's a capitals first round pick. So he's going to go there and then learn from Tom Wilson and become that even more like. So Scott, I, I apologize if you already laid it out completely, but. After tonight's Friday, after Friday night's game, which is at it's at Aganis. Fridays at Connie, Saturday Aganis. Okay, so Fridays at BC, Saturdays at Aganis, and then, um, and then that's the last. Those are the last two games they play each other until the Bean Pot, or there's another home and home. No, then then it's the Bean Pot first round okay. of the Bean Pot. Okay. Wow, cool. Yep, can't wait. So you're going to Aganis, Scott? On Saturday? I'm going. I'm going both nights. I will be there both nights. Oh, nice. And and but both games are on Nesson too. So anyone who doesn't want to pay two hundred dollars for tickets, you can watch at home. Yes, watch watch Nesson Saturday the whole day because I got the broadcast right before. So I'll be broadcasting the PWHL game at four, and then right after that is the BCBU game. So well, that's and Bruins what, what, Flyers at twelve thirty. So you get. I was just gonna say, yeah. Wake up, go get go get your Dunkin' Donuts coffee and your, uh, you know mm-hmm. your 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 favorite your favorite diner food. I don't I don't know. Go watch Bruins. Go watch. And leave it 
Leave it tuned to Nesson for the whole day. Go watch BU. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I'm going to be scanning um, Nesson both nights for like somebody throwing popcorn at BC players only to see that it's Scott <laughs> with like a Michael Ruzioni jersey on. all right um that's what he does when he's a fan he's usually has to keep it tame in the press box but when he's a fan he's an animal so that that's what i do to bridget in the press box that's not true that's what i do to scott what's the uh what's the uh what's the bu fan chant at the bean pot like like fuck him up fuck him up bc sucks or something like that they, they, yeah, they've technically changed it to rough them up. You know? Yeah, um, no, that's not what PG, but <laughs> I, I think I think there's still a lot of people who say fuck them up. So. Oh, you just, think? I, I could just <laughs> see, uh, I could just see like BU scoring a goal, and like you have like the, you have the band in the top of the balcony at the garden with their, you know, playing the music, and you see Scott about <laughs> Scott's, Scott's going crazy. He's in Connor's chest. Scott's got his shirt off, painted painted red with BU and white paint <laughs> on his chest. I, you know, hey, what? no, I, I'm I'm not moonlighting as as Sasquatch. That <laughs> that that job's already taken at BU. It's been uh, been been covered for for a couple decades now. Mm. All right. Well, I think that probably wraps it up. Um, hope you all have a wonderful weekend and enjoy enjoy all the hockey as we just mentioned, and we will talk to you on Monday.